What's up, everybody? Ryan, ATX Metal Podcast, take 145. I wish I were joking. I cannot seem to get my shit together today, but I think this is the one. In this installment of Kick It With Kitty, she sits down with Craig Schmuel of Mystical Hot Chocolate Endeavors, a prog rock band that came through in 2019 with Seven Spires that her band got to open up for at Come and Take It Live here in Austin, Texas. During that show, a friendship was born and they've stayed in touch ever since, and she finally got to sit down with him and pick his brain about his band. So their friendship is going to take to the airwaves here in just a second. And they discussed the band's tour for 2022 and new music, Craig's diverse musical background and his history, including the death metal band, Hate Storm Annihilation, and so much more. So stick around. It's going to be a good one. You can catch the Mystical Hot Chocolate Endeavors in Austin on Saturday, February 26th at Kick Butt Coffee. Uh, Kitty's band, current band, Flooded Tomb, and Friends in Sudden Death will be opening as well. So visit the mysticalhotchocolateendeavors.com for more tour dates. Woo! I think we got it, guys. I think we fucking got it. <laughs> All right, so I'll just shut my mouth now and let you get to the episode. But before we do that, uh, check us out everywhere you get your podcast info uh, at ATX Metal Podcast, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, visit the website, atxmetalpodcast.com. From there, you can check out the Band of the Month podcast. You can also check out live shows. Click that. Click on the Learn More tab or the Learn More icon, I'm sorry, on the on the website. And it'll jump you over to come and take it to Eventbrite calendar. Scroll through a couple dates. Pick a band. Pick a show. Pick a time. Buy some tickets. Support your local bands. And that's the other thing, man. Support your local bands by buying tickets that they are selling. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Buy their tickets because that money goes directly back into their pockets. And then when you go to the show, if you got a little spare change, you know, buy some merch because that money also goes back into their pockets. So we're all about supporting locals anytime that we can. And the easiest way to do that is to buy their tickets when, they hold, when they're going on shows, when they got shows, and then buy their merch at the show. So here we go. Hot chocolate, mystical hot chocolate endeavors. Craig Schmuel, kick it with kid. Here we go. Welcome to the Austin Metal Podcast. My name is Kitty, and this is my segment, Kick It With Kitty, where I just sit down and hang out with several of my favorite musicians from Texas and beyond all across the world of heavy music. I'm super excited because I have one of my very favorite musicians and people here with me today. So can you please say your name and the name of your band? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Craig Schmuel. Um, I am the uh, vocalist, guitarist, uh, composer of uh, the Miskla Chocolate Endeavors. Uh, we're a progressive rock, alternative rock band. Um, couldn't tell you where we're based out of because we're a bit of a clusterfuck in regards to where everybody is, but I'm here in uh, Chicago, Illinois area. Um, uh, the other members, we've got uh, Trevor Martin. He's our uh, uh, guitarist, um, keyboardist. 
Uh, he's a, a, a Houston boy. Uh, we've got William Candelario. He's our drummer. He's located in uh, Puerto Rico, San Juan. Uh, and then there's uh, Tyler Novak, who plays bass and uh, sub-key-like things. Um, and he's technically from Atlanta, but he's currently uh, in Toronto for whatever fucking reason. I couldn't tell you, but... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, we've got... Um, uh, as well as the band, we've also got our own podcast, the Miscot Chocolate Talks, where I just spend hours shitting on Canada and all of that. Uh, so that's kind of like, <laughs> that's, yeah, not, not you know, but it's, it's all a joke. But um, yeah, no, I thank you very much for for inviting me. Uh, this this means a lot to, to, to be to be here and, and to be asked uh, to, to do this and, and to just see you in general. I'm, I'm very happy to see you. And this is uh, this is good. This is very good. Um, and I'm just going to throw in for situational awareness, the mystical hot chocolate endeavors, like Craig mentioned, isn't necessarily based in Texas, but most likely um, many listeners of the podcast will have seen you all live. You were on tour with Seven Spires in 2019. You were headlining your own tour in later that same year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we did the Seven Spires run. Uh, God, what the hell was that one called? That was not great. The uh, Tales of Malice, Melancholy, and the Human Condition Tour uh, 2019. That was uh, the Mystical Hot Chocolate Endeavors and Seven Spires. Uh, that was like a little over a two week stretch. Um, it was like our first tour. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good one. That was that was when we had uh, met each other. Uh, when 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 uh, we had played um, Come and Take It Live or yeah, Come and Take It Live. Uh, that was, that was a great, that was a great show. That was the last show of the tour actually too, which is kind of wild that like it, it ended on such a, a high note because that was a, that was a fun time. Uh, some of the, some of the shows on that run were a little, little different, you know, being a alternative prog band playing with the symphonic metal band where like half the people there for Spires were very, very not even slightly interested in us, which is fine. You know what I mean? But like, you live and you learn. It was just a good experience. Um, uh, then, yeah, fo- following that, uh, we had then played the uh, the Witching Hour tour with um, Verike, uh in October. Yeah, like, like October of um, of that same year, twenty nineteen. Uh, that was a blast. Uh, a little bit more musical crossover, so everybody seemed to be into it. And for whatever reason, the the, the venues in general just seemed to be a bit more positive to us and our style and our sound just because you know average you know bar goers club goers you know are, are you know a little bit more interested in just hearing some more straightforward rock music and it's like you know yeah <laughs> it's it's just it's it's like uh it just you know it was a good time um and then uh the fucking end of the world happened and then <laughs> and then everything got closed down uh, we were supposed to do um a couple more or a few more runs actually that following year that were unfortunately canceled, but it's all good because we ended up uh, using that time um, for me to, well, for me to finish the the new album, uh, the, the new full length um, that got tracked and recorded. And then I flew Will in to do uh, drum drum duties at the studio. And then over like the year and a half after that, it took a lot of mixing time um, without giving too much away. It, it's a, a chunky boy. <laughs> so there's a there's a lot of music coming in 2022. A lot of things that I unfortunately can't say yet. I was uh, talking to you earlier, like a few weeks ago. I'm like, oh, I think I might have something exciting to talk about. I can't. I can't say anything. But what I can definitely say is that there's a 
ton of music coming out, like multiple releases of music happening within the same year. So that's going to be a a good time. It's going to be a good year for for music in that regard. And then this February and March, uh, we're going out again for our uh, the Up and Adam Tour 2022, where we're playing some of our favorite uh, spots, um, including Austin uh, with Flooded Tomb. So that's going to be fucking rock and roll. I'm very excited at Kick Butt Coffee, my newly discovered favorite venue. Um, it's, it's, it's a good place. It's, it's just a good, good place that I was not like, it, it's just a weird, um, without getting too into story time, during that two week process, when we thought COVID had ended, I decided that I was going to fly out to Houston to do a little vacationing with Trevor. And then we decided that we'd spend like the weekend in Austin, uh, Tyler was also there, Tyler Novak, mystical bassist. And we, we had plans originally to go see 10 years in San, San, San something, too many San Sands. San, maybe that, maybe that's exactly what it was. Uh, I had a buddy of mine that was coming from Abilene, Texas to, to come meet us. And, uh, he didn't feel like making the drive there to see them. So we were like, well, shit. And then that's when we were talking and I was like, oh fuck, you're playing a show. Like, let's go, you know? And that was a little weirdly perfect timing, you know, to, to be able to get a chance to hear your new band and your new sound, you know, after coming from uh, uh, Deocalted. Don't get me wrong. I also very much enjoyed that, uh, uh, but in, in in a different kind of way. It's just just very different. And uh, coming from a, a place of personal understanding, different musical styles out of the same people can be really exciting, you know, when 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 done with passion. And I think that's um, that's kind of key. But yeah. Uh, anybody out there looking for a good time? Kick butt coffee, Austin, February twenty sixth. Fucking be there! Woo! Let's go! I'm super excited, and yeah. I wanted to touch on, you know, you had been going through uh, the stories of 2019, 2020, 2021, and the mention of genre popped up a little, a little bit, which I think is something interesting coming from you the same person who does many different musical styles and genres. Um, so if you listen to the music from the mystical hot chocolate endeavors, that's out right now, I got, mm-hmm. I'm sure you are sick of this. Like I'm sick of hearing that Dia Colt had sounded like death clock. Like, okay, I get it. Um, but uh, um, I, I got more deicide vibes than anything, to be totally honest. Like, I'm super yeah. excited. Yeah, yeah. No, I <laughs> inverted across the forehead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I keep forgetting that no one can see what I'm doing. It's, I'm, it's okay. I, I, I totally an impression. But um, your vocals, I get a Maynard James Keenan. I can't help it. Like, I get a very tool vibe. Thank but you. there's places on, you know, in your songs that you just kind of drop into, like, the heavier groove and you unleash this very brutal uh, death metal vocal. and. Yeah. For good reason, could you tell our listeners uh, kind of your involvement in, you know, <laughs> death metal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, so, oh man, my initial involvement in the world of semi-professional music was um, I had started a band in 2012 uh, called Hatestorm Annihilation. Uh, Hatestorm Annihilation was kind of like my first attempt at really kind of writing music like in general um pretty much what had happened was i saw i grew up on like alternative music primarily just just a lot of alternative music and um i in 20 or it was either 2008 or 2009 i went to mayhem festival my mom got me a ticket to go you know i was 
fucking seventh grade or something like that. And um, I I'd gotten a little bit of a uh, an understanding of like this super duper heavy genre. This this was the the same Mayhem Festival that had um, Cannibal Corpse. It had Whitechapel. It had Job for a Cowboy. It had uh, uh, Trivium and God Forbid. And in this moment, when they were like tiny, tiny by comparison to today, they're fucking everywhere. Um, had Slayer. Uh, kill switch engage bullet for my valentine and the only reason i was honestly there was to see marilyn manson that's weird thing to say out loud now because like shit's still kind of weird with him but like marilyn manson's been like one of my all-time favorite music heroes like in my top five like i i'll regularly like you know when we're killing time in the van on on these tours we kind of talk about like okay like your ideal gig go and i'm like playing guitar for marilyn manson like period done. Like that would, that would actually be it. But now I don't know, but regardless. Um, but yeah, I went to that show and I'd kind of gotten a little taste of the, you know, more extreme metal, uh, sides. Oh, behemoth also played that, that tour. They, that was right after they dropped Evangelion, which was, you know, one of those, one of those albums that like, I just like, it, it was, I don't know. I hadn't felt so motivated and moved by a, a sound or a style since I'd kind of picked up on the whole alternative music thing um, being really, really young at that point. Uh, and so pretty much over the next, you know, two or three years, or, or I should say three or four years, I kind of started developing um, like more death metal guitar chops. Um, and so, you know, over this process of like trial and error with like different people in the Chicagoland area, I'd, I'd met my, my buddy, Konstantin Thermanjiv over uh, Craigslist, where he was the first guy that responded to my ad we got together and then everything else kind of just started doing its thing. And then we'd gotten to a point where um, we'd put out, you know, two full length records an EP and uh, did a, a ton of touring, like a, a ton of touring and a ton of playing live, like, you know, shitholes in downtown Chicago to two people, a doorman and a crazy homeless woman holding a trash can in front of the stage, like pointing in it, like you are trash. Like that was a real thing. I'm not like, I'm not kidding. That actually happened. It was awesome. But uh, yeah, we, we had done that and, you know, we'd had some pretty, pretty decent, pretty decent success. I'd uh, got a chance to go out and, 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 and uh, tour with um, six feet under a couple times in Europe, or I'm sorry, six feet in, under once in Europe, but we toured Europe a couple of times. Uh, uh, Blood soaked was the first band we had ever toured with. And then, six feet under after that. And then, um, a little bit down the line, we then, uh, uh, got the chance to open up for, uh, Morbid Angel on their kingdoms disdain tour. And we had, we'd gotten a chance to like, we, we met, um, the guys from origin, which are still fairly close to us. I'm one of my favorite death metal bands period. And, um, misery index were great. And the, uh, our, our pals from dreaming, uh, dreaming dead. They're, they're tremendous, really great band. I, I want to see Liz doing more, <laughs> but it seems like there's something holding that up, which, Hey man, this personal life, you got to do what you got to do. And that's totally cool. You know, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd had some pretty, pretty good times with, uh, with death metal. I've been very lucky in that regard. Uh, and so when you're talking about that in the mystical music, so God, this is like my, my, my prog spiel, because I feel like everybody has their own little like definition of what prog is and, and, and whatnot. Sometimes it's, you know, long song forms. Sometimes it's more fusiony, more instrumental. Sometimes it's eight string guitars being played, you know, very gently and gently DJ E N T L Y. Um, it, 
but like I've my my whole thing with Prague, like the way that I kind of like to hear it is just really using as like like if you looked at music in regards to like intensity on a scale of one to ten, I want to make sure ten is fucking ten, you know, and I want to make sure one is really fucking one. And so like being so close to death metal, my ten can really, really, you know, push that, that gas pedal. And um, I think that's kind of one of those things that a humanistic perspective, our first full length had kind of gotten a chance to show little things. Um, not to mention the fact I didn't want to go too deep on that record just because I was just coming off of all this hate storm stuff. And I didn't want to just look like I was doing another death metal band on top of being it, you know? Um, so there's a little bit on that in album one, uh, but album two, it's really, it, it, it goes there. It, it pushes that 10 to like 11. So that's, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see people's reaction to that because it, it, it gets chonky. It gets real chonky. And I, I think, I think for all the, my, my, my music, my Mr. Hot Chocolate endeavor, my endeavor is to really just kind of push as much music and as many styles that still remains cohesive and understandable because like some, you know, sometimes I, I, I'll listen to some bands that kind of like they'll, they'll drop into like these weird moments of, of music that it's super prog, but it just doesn't fit. You know, some like I, me, me and Will have like this weird relationship with, uh, between the buried and me, which don't get me wrong. They're an amazing band. I, I really, I, I can't say enough about their skill, but they're like compositional choice in regards to just kind of changing the style, like in the middle with no context, no kind of real, it's, it's cool in that it's different, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to experience music in a way that's a bit more like, like, like watching a movie or something like that, where like, there's gotta be a transition that makes sense from one thing to the other. Like you, you don't go from, I don't know, like, like a really dramatic moment to like, just suddenly having, you know, Norm Macdonald dropping jokes on you. It's just, you know, these, these things can exist in the same space, but just not quite like that. But that's just my my two cents on the matter. But, um. Well, it's funny that you said that. I, for the listeners out there, I didn't know that story at all. Um, when I first met Craig and then kind of knowing you more and getting to know you more over these past few years, my impression was that you were a death metal dude that decided to play like that kind of softer um, dynamic prog rock for something different. Oh. I had no idea because um, yeah. it's, you are a natural um, Thank you. <laughs> but I'm speaking of new music. So I saw on your Facebook events for this upcoming tour. Yes. The Up and Adam tour that you will be filming parts of a music video on that tour. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that we can expect to hear new music um, from y'all on these next few sets? Yeah. Um, so we've had a, a couple of songs now on our last two runs that we've been playing from the new record. Um, but there is actually a little bit more new music um, with, without, again, without saying too much, it's uh, we're this video we're, we're shooting for uh, is going to be something very uh, that will be released hopefully very, very, very soon. Like, within a couple months, hopefully. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those, like there, there's an order in which things need to be done that I, I wish I could rush this process, but I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to do anything. You just write the music asshole, like shut up, you know, like, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so the the video the video we're filming will be for a, a a future release. That being said, it won't be for the full record. I can't say much, but yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be rad. It's kind of like like found footagey style um, kinds of stuff. You know, very very like something that me and the guys can all kind of do together, and then you know put this this um, this video together for this uh, very uh, specific song. The uh, the pandemic was kind. To me in that I've, I've had a lot of um, I've had a lot of musical inspiration in, in weird times. I rarely find myself writing when things are going just perfect. And it's just like these last few years have just been dog shit. So it's like, oh, these ideas just keep rolling, 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 rolling. Um. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I was a big fan of dad vibes. And oh, my God. The associated. Because I mean, why not? Right. You have he's he's owning it. Um, the best. Fred, Fred is the man. He's, he's just, he's the fucking man. I, so honestly, God's truth, like big Lib Biscuit fan, like big, like, you know, when I'm talking about like going back, like my, some of my earliest musical memories, um, were actually picking up on music from, I've got this cousin that, uh, we used to go, um, our, our families used to be really tight, not so much anymore, but I picked up on a lot of these things by just the music that was being played there or, um, uh, when I was really young, my, my mom would take myself and my sister to like a public uh, pool for swimming and, and such like that. And whoever the lifeguards were on staff had just like perfect fucking music taste. Cause like, that's where I picked up on, you know, Deftones. That's where I picked up on Tool. That's where I picked up on Limp Bizkit. That's where I picked up on Pearl Jam. Like pretty much most things that kind of ended up deciphering, like what I would end up being into were kind of played at this public pool. And it, it's just, I don't know, just weird just really weird um but dad vibes just still sucks altogether it's just like we i'd recently used it as an album of the week for the misguided chocolate talks um as like my my choice and like the fact that tyler like good you know like i don't even know how to describe tyler but like he's the guy that you're more than likely gonna have like either listening to like really intense prog or like some weird indie rock bands that like nobody's ever heard of but like he just you know, and he was like freaking out over still sucks. He was like, dude, this is amazing. He's like, I don't pay attention to lyrics and I love this thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's because it's great. It's because like Freddie D's just he's in it. He's he knows what he's doing. Wes is, you know, Wes will never stop being great, but he's got a million you know, other places to show people how great he is. Um, but yeah, I was I was super stoked uh, when that dropped, really loved it. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a, a uh, rescheduled tour. Um, because I, I didn't buy the crazy $200 ticket to Lollapalooza to see them. And I was like, well, shit, like, I guess I'm just not going to see them. And then they canceled the tour like two dates after. And I was like, aha, so they are coming back, you know, sucks for everybody else, but it's good for me. So that's all that matters. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I get it. And you had mentioned Tyler, but everybody in the band went to Berkeley, right? So these are, these are not amateurs these are not fly by night you know weekend warriors they know what they're doing and what they're talking about and i it's funny because um when y'all came to see flooded tomb in july the four of you are the nicest you know kindest people ever but i still get really nervous when certain musicians watch us and like that was like you know uh terrifying but i appreciated you, had- you being there and you were so encouraging the whole time you had absolutely nothing to be worried about. Your set was tremendous. 
I, oh. I told you this the night of, I will tell you again and again and again, you guys were tremendous. Your guitarist has to figure out his, his noise gate issue that I've already told you about, but honestly, like just incredibly tight set. Everybody was like at a 10 the whole time. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think it's definitely worth like saying, you know, Berkeley's great. It's fine. It's cool, but it's, that's not where music begins and ends. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've got a lot more respect for the kind of musicians that can just go out there believing in what they do and, and formulating things out of, you know, their, 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 their hearts rather than their heads, you know? Cause like, I, I realize pr- Prague is pretty pretentious, like through and through. It's just like, it's, it's like a musical puzzle. You know what I mean? And like, I think there's a time and a place for musical puzzles, but I also think there's a place for just writing music for the sake of just enjoying writing music. And, 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 you know, I, that whole night was just filled with just tremendous bands that I just got the feeling just bands that were writing music that they just wanted to play. You know what I mean? Like that, that, um, our guy with the sword and the, and the leather yeah, glove. Uh, TJ. Yeah. TJ. From Forbode. Forbode. Jesus and- fucking Christ. I mean, insanity. You know, I really like, really, really enjoyed them. And it's just like, you know, I, I think that you can learn certain things like music education, it, it exists and it's totally a thing. And I'm not going to like, personally, I think Berkeley was a mistake for me because I, I don't really think differently because of it. I, I kind of write music the same way I always did. Um, I'm very happy about it because, you know, I, I met my boys that way, you know, and I, I think in that regard, it's, it's pretty, um, important, but, um, outside of that, I, I think music is, it's, it's much bigger than something you can try to teach somebody, you know, I wish I figured it out sooner. <laughs> I dropping knowledge bombs and wisdom bombs on us for real. Uh, you're a great, amazing songwriter. So I always appreciate kind of hearing your thoughts on things come organically. <laughs> um, I have to say, thank you so much for the compliment again, because you're yeah. awesome. It means a lot. I, um, that lineup that's going to be on February 26th in Austin at Kickbutt Coffee with the Mystical Hot Chocolate Endeavors headlining. It's all about bands that are friends and bands that are great people and different varied songwriting, kind of like you were talking about. It's going to be very old school, like pure ignorant death metal from Death File Red, one mm-hmm. of the newer bands in town, and they're just, you know, killing it. And then another relatively new band that's killing it sudden death which is more like a traditional heavy metal band is going to be first so it's going to be bands that run the gauntlet of heavy music and then mystical hot chocolate endeavors that you know does that uh, all by yourself but i had to mention in this podcast i'm not going to steal your thunder so i want you to tell everyone what it was but the last few times y'all played you played a cover that had me going wait what what's going on yeah Oh best yeah. Mashup ever tell. I want you to tell everyone about it because it was the best thing ever. Okay. So technically there we, we so in the live set, we we kind of do like a, a little mishmash of um covers. So uh uh pretty much um I have this kind of like old inside joke with or I mean it's not even an inside joke, but it's it's just kind of like a a musical understanding with one of my oldest friends at this point, um Mike. I won't say his last name. He's, he's a little indifferent about people on the internet. So Mike, my best buddy, Mike. And so Mike and me used to play uh, music together in high school for fun, you know, never anything like super serious or anything like that. But, um, 
what we used to do was uh, we would try playing uh, Mayhem's Freezing Moon. And so, <laughs> because fuck it, who cares, you know? And, and like, when we were getting ready for that first mystical tour uh, with Spires, I was trying to figure out an angle to like maybe get some, you know, hardcore or not hard, but like metal listeners more interested into us. And I was like, bro, I'm just going to, I'm just going to show the guys how to play like this first bit of freezing moon. And then we're going to go from there. And it was like, it was a really rad moment. The very first time we had played because the first show on that run was in Chicago as they usually are because we, we meet here and I've got all the gear and, um, and we're playing that. And, uh, we start playing the freezing moon cover and I look out to my buddy who's in the crowd and, and I could just tell it, it made him feel something, you know? And it was, so it was kind of one of those things where, although it was definitely with the intention of kind of fitting in with more of a metal bands context, it was also to like, be like, Hey bud, look, I'm playing that song that we used to play all the time together, you know, which it was, yeah, 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 exactly. Like the hands over the heart. It's, I mean, it's, it was, it was a moment for me that like, I, I remember being like a little, like, <laughs> it was really beautiful, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it, that was a cool thing. And then we'll, we'll pretty much go directly from kind of like where we stopped that song into the official uh, mystical arrangement of something in the way, uh, which is a Nirvana song that, that I kind of, uh, put together for that, that first, um, that first record. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, I, being a big music guy, I find that like playing in a prog band, there's a lot of different ways you can play other artists' music. And um, I think there's no better way than like honoring like that music and the people that mean a lot to you than like playing their music out. Um, again, without saying too much, there are some official mystical covers of some other bands' materials that will be coming out at, at some point, maybe soon. Um, and I'm really... I'm really stoked for those songs in a completely different way than I, than I am like the mayhem live cover or the something in the way uh, on the record. It, it's just, it's important to me, you know? And I, I think a lot of people kind of use it as like a, a means of like YouTube clicks, you know what I mean? And I, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I get it. Like um, there was a, a period of time where uh, Adrian from Spires was putting out metal arrangements of this, that, and the other thing like regularly. And I think that, you know, as, as a content creator slash musician, which kind of seems to be her vibe, like that's super important and you got to do it, you know, but I, I just want to pay homage to these really important musicians and, and kind of do things like that. More, more cool things to come up from that later. Like, I can't wait. Honestly, I, I do love hearing my favorite musicians covering their favorite musicians because you can feel how much they love those bands and I love I don't know I just geek out over that stuff like covers remixes um like different arrangements absolutely so hearing like the demo and I just love that stuff so I'm really excited to hear it and your take on it I will ask you a question you don't have to answer like you said it's shrouded in mystery um will the songs be more straight covers or in mystical hot chocolate endeavors uh style a hundred percent in mystical hot chocolate endeavor style yeah it's it's to do something as straightforward as an original cover, um, although totally fine. If I, you know, uh, it's kind of one of those things of like, think of like a really good example. Okay. Um, okay. Metal world thinking right now. Uh, did you ever have that, the, the last faceless record? Do you remember, do you remember that one in becoming I, a I ghost? Do. 
I don't think I've heard that actually. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm behind the times. Cool. No, no. All's good. All's good. <laughs> um, here, let me, yeah. So it was called uh, In Becoming a Ghost. It was their record that they had dropped in 2017. I never knew this, but apparently vocalist, guitarist, writer, guy for that project is a huge Depeche Mode fan. I, I, I thought that was awesome because I'm like, oh my God, I'm a huge Depeche Mode fan. Like, that's so crazy. And so they have a, uh, a cover on that record called Shake the Disease, which is a Depeche Mode song. And it is so nothing like the original song, but in the coolest fucking way, you know? And I, I, I think that's, that's super rad when a band can do that or, or, or um, like uh, Rammstein did uh, Stripped another Depeche Mode song, you know, and it's just like, I, yes, I'm hinting at something right now. No. Um, but like, I think it's just really rad when bands with different styles can kind of like cover their greats in a way that's, that's very unique and, and different from the original. I think it's, I think it's a, a really cool way that like, you know, obviously I don't know, uh, if, if Shake the Disease had ever made its way back around to Depeche Mode after the Faceless had recorded their version, but there's some part of me that would like to think that, you know, somebody heard it at some point and they, they sat there, they had a list and they're like, it's really cool that like a band like us influenced like one of, in my opinion, one of the best tech death metal bands like on the planet, you know, but, or, or progressive death metal. I don't, what are genres anymore? Things don't make any sense. I don't. <laughs> no, that's, that's so true because I, I was talking about, I think Obscura and I said, you know, progressive death which I think is fair, but then I realized everyone else calls them a tech death band. And I was yeah. like, what, what are words? What, what are, are words? genres? <laughs> what, are- uh, <laughs> what What's that line from, from the, I think it's like the, the, the Thor movie or something like that. He's like, like all words are made up. And then you're just like, holy shit, he's right, bro. Like all words are super made up. Somebody get me some, somebody get me Joe Rogan. We got to talk about this shit like now, you know, like, um, but yeah. Genres, genres are really hard, especially when like a lot of people that sound very different call themselves the same thing. And it's like, I don't, I'm not suggesting we create more subgenres, please. I can't, I can't do it. I can't remember. But like, I feel like life would be a little easier if we could just, they're they're a metal band. They're a rock band. (laughs) Like I get it in the way I used to be a college uh, radio DJ. Uh So, and in, you know, we had genre shows and I was the metal director and I was never, I hadn't been in a gigging band at that time. So it was easy for me to throw out like, you know, genres and subgenres and be like, no, you fool, you know, yeah, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't symphonic, whatever. Um, but now, of course, as you know, like genres and subgenres, it's like, you know, the bane of my existence. Oh yeah. Uh, don't 100%. pigeonhole me. Am yeah. I crazy? <laughs> but, and this is, this is coming from a person because we, I'm on my bandmates podcast and we did like top albums of the year. Okay. And th- they yeah. were all melodic death metal. Ah, and I was like, okay. I don't subscribe to genres. They were all melodic death metal. That's like, right. Oh. Exactly. That's just, perfect. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I know we've kind of hinted at a lot of things that you have going on, uh, but there, is there anything else that y'all are working on right now that you're at liberty to disclose? Uh, right now it's just, uh, getting ready for the tour. Honestly, it's, you know, having, having it not played a live show in, uh, over two years at this point, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stress to, to kind of, I don't know, to, to get back into, to, 
maybe stress isn't the right word, but it's just, it's a lot of pressure. You know, it's, it's just, our, our set is not the, the easiest thing to, to play specifically because, you know, there's a million things and a million changes happening and you're tap dancing constantly trying to like get sounds to work right at the right places. And then, um, you know, just, just, just kind of trying to focus in and, and make everything as, as good as you, you possibly can. And I, I'd like to think at least speaking personally, um, it's going very well. Uh, I, I was lucky in that I stayed fairly musically active, like I said, over, over this period. So like prepping vocals has actually never been easier than it was this time around. Like I've, I, not to say like, I'm a, like a good vocalist, but I, I get it now. Like I can feel the things in the throat that need to move the right way to produce pitch and sustain and, and, and good tone. And that was really nice. Uh, and you know, I, I know Will's big thing, um, uh, working back at home is the fact that he's not really capable of playing at like mystical volumes. Um, you know, just cause like he doesn't live in this, like, I, I kind of have a perfect place in that I'm in a basement that's like fairly sa- not soundproof soundproof, but like enough to kind of like not bother people. And he doesn't have that there. So when he needs to start rehearsing for mystical, uh, he has to go to like a practice facility, um, that is his buddies pay rent on. And he, you know, he kind of just comes, Hey, like when are you guys done? So I can just get in, you know, um, and then I know Ty- Tyler, Tyler is like the world's busiest man. Like he, he worked, no, I, I genuinely mean like he works 50 to 60 hour weeks, um, between a, a variety of jobs trying to just make ends meet, um, in Canada, which is super expensive. Canada is really expensive. And it's like to be able to do that, um, out there has been a bit rough for him. So he does, uh, insano hours um at a at a studio out there um as a um audio engineer uh and then uh he, he still does his sherman williams you know paint thing and, and whatnot and then trevor's been trevor's been real good um he's kind of got the um like very deep into mountain biking and stuff like that and very over my head and sounds way too dangerous something that i would absolutely be like fuck that shit that's not that nope nope and he's like no dude trust me like nothing feels better than riding down the side of a mountain at like 90 miles an hour you know in in the chances of constantly dying like okay trevor cool you know (laughs) but um aside chances of constantly dying either you have to use that as an album title or (laughs) i'm gonna get in before you there you go. Go for it. No, no, um, absolutely. But um, I was going to say, so do y'all practice separately? Because obviously, you know, Will is on an island, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> you've got people from all over everywhere. I don't know. I guess it's, um, would it be you and Trevor who are like physically the closest to you and Tyler? Technically me and Tyler. Oh. But yeah, okay. but the, the U.S.-Canada border is really, really tricky especially in COVID times so that's kind of like we're we're closer but we're also much much farther (laughs) it's you know because I I think in for Tyler to get from uh, Toronto to Chicago is like less than five hours like it's not it's not a huge or maybe less than six hours it's something like that where it's like for me to go from Chicago to Houston the last time I had to do that I think it was 22 hours 21 hours something something pretty wild so yeah it's um our 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 uh rehearsing schedule is usually like hey friend you better learn your shit otherwise i'm gonna kill you and then um and then we'll pretty much like um 
an example for like this, uh, this tour. Um, so our first show in Chicago is on the 18th of February. We'll be meeting like one week before that to start group rehearsals. You know, we'll, you know, probably run the set maybe a dozen times during that period of time, maybe a little more depending on, um, how things are feeling. And then we just go, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, we have to be as efficient as possible in this band because of the, the distances and, and, and the, the resources spent in order just to get everybody in the same place at the same time. Um, we had, uh, yeah, I can say this, uh, we had filmed a, a music video uh, for the full length record back in June um, of last year. And, uh, like just, you know, just getting everybody in the same place for a day to, you know, record this video was like no easy feat, you know, and it's, I wish we could do things more, um, regularly. Um, and I think there will come a time when that'll be possible. It's just right now, it's just not the best. And unlike, I, um, uh, Jack, Jack from Spires, right. Guitarist, Jack, like he had an uncle that worked for the airline so he could get like crazy cheap fares so they could just kind of do their thing and it never mattered i don't think he does that anymore because of um his age i think it only worked at a certain time or something like that but um you know it's it's a little little trickier in 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 this band uh in a pandemic and um you know just got to make the time you know make it make it make it worth it and that's usually why if we're getting together we're we're doing a tour you know i i wish i could have scheduled a tour for that june period but i was just like ah it's probably not the best call I'm super excited to see y'all. Um, you always do kill it live. And I know that you are talking about, you know, a few members of the band being multi-instrumentalists, but yes. I also know that y'all bring in uh, different musicians on stage sometimes to join you in your yes. performances. Uh, can we expect to see any new faces or familiar faces? Um, I, I'm not sure, uh, to be a hundred percent honest. Um, uh, so the last time that we had had somebody come up was our, our, our buddy, uh, Michael Fitzpatrick, um, Mike and Trevor go way back. Like, like, um, I think they, they went to like, uh, what do you call it? Like junior college together. I think that's what it was. And, um, like Mike is, I feel like Mike knows the last mystical record better than I know the last mystical record, you know? So it was just like one of those things, like, like I have a clear blue sky. I was like, like, bro, like I want to sing cast in the sun with you. And I'm like, okay, like <laughs> let's do it. You know? Um, and like, it was awesome. It was awesome. And he's, he's literally saying that um, like the middle section of that tune with us, like every time we've played in Texas and sometimes in multiple cities on the same run, um, which is pretty, pretty rad. Um, I had, I had actually, um, I gotten a message uh, from my buddy, Aaron, uh, who might, who might end up, um, I, I believe you pronounce his name, Solje, Solje, you, you know, Aaron, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, tremendous, tremendous guy. Um, and, uh, he, he was asking about like possibly doing something together. So like, honestly, like I'd be, I'd be down for anything, you know, I, to, to be hundred percent honest, like I love singing in this band, but like, sometimes it's just kind of fun to like, not, and, <laughs> and just, just kind of like, you know, enjoy that moment, do a little bit of like, like my old man scoliosis back head banging where it's like more of a nod than it is like, a <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think there's a, there's a good chance that that could happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good, so, it's, it's, it's good things. You had mentioned vocalizing and it made me think to an earlier time in our conversation where you had said 
maybe I'm not a great vocalist. I'm, I might be so, so I was blown away when I heard your singing voice. Um, as you know, I personally prefer not to sing melodically. I don't find my timbre pleasing, uh, okay. to put it lightly, but when you sing, just your tone is incredible. Like, you know, obviously you're on pitch and when I hear you sing, I, what I thought to myself was this guy is a natural singer. Like he just has a great voice. <laughs> Apparently you worked hard for it, but it's working out for you. Um, but also it always kind of gets me when people, I guess, you know, instrumentalists and stuff. I have a good, one of my best friends, uh, Jake Holmes, that I did an interview with on the show from Trench Warfare, Church Aside, a bunch of other bands. He's primarily bassist. He said the same. He's like, I sometimes rather play bass. I do mm-hmm. not want to be the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Like, what's up with y'all? You're not megalomaniacs like it, I am. It's, you don't want to. <laughs> well, number one, backtracking ever so slightly, like your your voice for, w- during Flooded Tombies, obviously there's not a whole lot of singing happening in Dia Colton. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was very, very good. I, I, know, I know you were uh, doing that thing where you're like, oh, me, I don't want to do it. No, you were great. All right. Tremendous. I, I feel like sometimes I get lucky with being okay. And then other times it, well, I'm not gonna lie. I've been putting a lot of work into it. Like a lot, like super, like recently, like as a guy that like really tried to play off the, like, I don't give a fuck thing. Like after a while I was like, bro, I should probably start to give a fuck because like, this is, I don't want like this to be the thing holding back the rest of the band, you know, in a live context. Um, and it's like, uh, you know, I, things are getting easier and I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable with, with, you know, my own voice, but you know, I think it's just one of those things like any, any, anybody that's maybe not necessarily like a perfectionist, but like somebody that really, really takes, you know, what they do with like a lot of passion, a lot of, you know, forward thinking momentum. It's like any little hiccup is going to be something that you're just going to be like, fuck, God damn it. Why, why are you doing this? You idiot. Like why are, you know, you could, you could be, you know, having Mike, you know, sing. Um, but it's like, I, I think there's, there's a kind of a, a fun part to the challenge of like learning to get good. You know, I, I had, um, uh, you know, my, one of my best friends, uh, Constantine, you know, Dermanjeev from Haystorm Annihilation, he had no clue. Like, like when, you know, I, because I, man, I've known him since 2012, so 10 years now. And he never knew that I could sing. And, uh, because it was not, it was nothing that I really tried to do regularly. Um, I'd kind of gotten thrown into it, uh, as a bit of a, a happy accident because initially when I was writing the first album materials for mystical, it was instrumental. There was no vocals on anything. Yeah. And it was, uh, I, I had ended up joining this, um, <laughs> this tool directed study ensemble at uh, Berkeley. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Um, so the directed okay. studies are essentially like, uh, so you pick a band or a style, um, some cases, and you just learn a bunch of materials. You, you get it real solid with like, you know, a group of five or six dudes or maybe less in this case. Um, and then you have like a, like a final concert, you know, it's kind of like the grown up version of like when your parents go to see you sing in the third grade choir you know, like, and, um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's really red. And it was kind of like, it was my experience to kind of like start getting more comfortable, just singing in general, because I'd kind of like, I I'd always been interested, like, man, this is a weird 
kind of like like opening up about this but like i started playing guitar because i wanted to sing like i had like i never had an intention of like becoming even semi decent on my instrument i just wanted to sing and i thought like you can't sing without a guitar you'd be a loser idiot you know like and so it was like i then you know slowly realized wait hold on guitar is actually awesome you know like i want to keep doing this <laughs> um so it was like a weird way around back to, you know, the original intention of kind of picking up the guitar was through this whole voice thing. And the, that tool ensemble gave me a lot of, uh, a lot of um, like just, just a really good environment to do it in because I mean, even the band, okay. So it, the, the band itself consisted of, so it was myself, um, Spencer Metella, he play plays bass in, in Hate Storm. Um, Brian Lada, who Brian plays in a very, like right now, an extraordinarily popular like punk pop band called belmont if you happen to have heard or seen any of their stuff I haven't heard of them but i'll definitely be on the lookout yeah so bell belmont belmont is the band give them a shot they're they're blowing up like like the multi-millions of streams and views and stuff like that like i'm a very happy for him um because like even during that point in time he was flying back between chicago and boston regularly to fit in shows with his band because they're like bro, like, I can't not do this right now. Like, look at our Spotify plays. Like, we need to be able to, you know, we were always very cool about it. Um, And then uh, the last guy that played guitar in that same ensemble, uh, Quentin uh, Singer, Quentin Singer. And Quentin is currently writing uh, music articles for Forbes. Like, I mean, really wild. Like, just, yeah, it is really, like, cool. (laughs) That, man, I honestly... That story opened so many questions uh, for me. Um, but, you know, we're reaching the end of our time together. So, unfortunately, I have to give the floor to the fan questions. Yeah. The fan oh, God. <laughs> so, we have a fan question from Beth McPherson. You might <gasps> be familiar. Beth, yes. So, for all y'all listeners out there, Beth played bass with the Mystical Hot Chocolate Endeavors in their most recent tour, they were here at Dirty Dog. And I believe Beth is a Texas native as well. Uh, Dallas-based, yep. Dallas. Yep. Um, so this is Beth's question, and I have to prepare myself because it has some nuance. What's your opinion on bears? Bears oh, is capitalized, so it's, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, this is, uh, this is a loaded question here. I, I don't know how much of this I can say. Um, I will say that this this question is based off of an inside joke from the uh, the Witching Hour tour with Barricade. Um, and we can lot... censor you. I was like, say too much. We we can censor you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, gosh, so, this is okay. So on that run, um, I I'm not entirely sure how it come up, but uh, apparently the drummer of Barricade is like uh, Joey. Uh, Oh my God. Talk about people like just doing wild things. So really fast, Joey, the drummer of Barricade, he's actually playing drums on the uh, Black Crown Initiates next tour. Yeah. Isn't that fucking nuts? That's a, yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. It's so, um, because Joey plays in a band called Repel Sire that are also fairly popular in the extreme metal field. And the vocalist of Black Crown joined Repel Sire. So my guess is, he brought him on when they needed somebody, him and and the bassist of that same band, uh, Zach Baskin, I believe is his last name. So really good things happening for them, but regardless. So somehow it had come out that like Joey fucks bears 
that and so that remained a joke of the entire tour is that he was sexually attracted to bears and uh from time to time we we still have like that that tours group chat open like somebody will just send a picture of a good looking bear just send it right on in there so joey can see it and um get inspired sorry, I have to clarify is it like bears like the human kind of bear or like oh the, bear, no, the, the animal. animal the animal okay. oh yeah yeah okay all right well i mean <laughs> you know that's what i thought at first but i yeah wanted to be clear that's a, that that's actually and, a really good thing to clarify because i just recently found out about the other kind of bear yeah. and i was like interesting like i've got a i can say this i've got a co-worker at 10 drops coffee the the coffee shop that i work at and he's into bears yeah i, I mean so, i, hell I yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people are into you know are into human bears yeah yeah i had not heard of like the animal bear but i get it He's, hey, Bear, Winnie the Pooh. and I, Yeah. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh wears no pants, too, because he's, you know, he Ready emanates to go. sexual oh. energy. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> so you just hear like a giant beep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so on that note, um, I could talk to you forever. I probably will corner you when you all play in Austin and just talk your head off. But Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I I have to let you go. It's a sad okay. time for me. But before I do, is there anything else that you want to share with people that may be listening? Sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, to anybody that's interested in in alternative rock slash prog slash whatever you want to call us. Um. Again, we are the Mystical Hot Chocolate Endeavors. Um. We have a uh uh Facebook page. We have a Instagram page. Um. We have a a Twitter. I think that. We've got a website. We've got a YouTube page uh, called the uh, the Mystical Chocolate Network. There is where we premiere our uh, our podcast, the Mystical Chocolate Talks, um, which goes up once every week. Um, it is a very very long, like very casual, very long form podcast. We'll usually go for a minimum of an hour and a half, and very very little to almost no editing on that. So like you're getting some very raw, very stupid conversation. That is, you're probably, you'll probably become dumber listening to that podcast, but like, at least you'll laugh, you know, like sometimes maybe. And then again, we're going to be on tour uh, this this February uh, and March um, on our The Up and Adam Tour 2022. We're going to be playing all around the states, uh, Chicago, Illinois, Kokomo, Indiana, Nashville, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, New Orleans, Louisiana, Houston, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas, Austin, Texas, Kickbud Coffee, 226, be there. Uh, San Angelo, Texas, uh, Silver City, New Mexico, uh, Los Angeles, California, and uh, Denver, Colorado. So if, if anybody happens to be in any one of those areas and is interested in seeing some live music, come on down. That would be pretty rad. Y'all, I highly recommend you to everybody else. Thanks so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. And I'm Kitty Farmer. That's Craig Schwul, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.